On 14 April 1900, Paris was transformed into a vast garden shimmering with light, glass, and steel. Visitors flocked in from all over the world for the World Fair, opened by President Loubet of France to the sound of the Marseillaise. The public approached through the Porte Binet, an exotic red and gold archway on the Place de la Concorde, lit up at night with thousands of multicolored electric lights. Before the close of the fair in October, a group of Catalan artists arrived, four of them posing beneath the archway, arms clasped, while the fifth, Pablo Picasso, made a quick sketch of his friends. He added himself in at the front of the group, marking himself, in the drawing, me. He had just arrived in Paris for the first time to see his painting, Last Moments, displayed at the fair. The streets bustled with visitors to the exhibition halls, which stretched across the city in the shape of a letter A, from the École Militaire to the Trocadéro. The traffic was infernal. The rumble of horses pulling carriages across the cobbles almost deafening. For the 39 million visitors to the fair, the most popular exhibit was the Palace of Electricity, which transformed the old Trocadéro, now the Musée de l'Homme, into a dazzling animated display. At night, even the river Seine sparkled, the boats strung up with electric lights. The Grand Café hummed with visitors. The chanteuse still sang, some nights in décolleté sea-green dresses and long black gloves, perhaps, at the Café des Ambassadeurs. Night and day, stylish women strolled along the boulevards, dressed by Doucet, or Worth, in heavy satins and silks, with nipped-in waists, bustles and hats, top-heavy with ornamental feathers or flowers. The streets were no less decorative. In the Grand Avenues, Art Nouveau, Le Style 1900, predominated, embellishing the apartment buildings, facades and interiors of cafes, shops and bars, and the entrances to the newly constructed metro stations. The interiors of the Grand Café boasted ornate gildings and friezes in the new style, intertwined sheaves of corn and laurel leaves set off by glittering mirrors and chandeliers. In the immense hall of the Salle des Fêtes, Gaumont News was being projected onto a gigantic screen with spectacular close-ups and the earliest examples of synchronized sound. Every member of the audience, marveled one visitor, had a listening tube, hung on the back of the seat in front, with a pair of little knobs that you placed in your ears. At the other end of the listening tube, a phonograph played a text synchronized with the pictures. Gaumont, Pâté Lumière, and Raoul Grimoin Saron all showed films at the fair, taking the opportunity to show off their most spectacular technical advances. Lumière, in particular, showcased the company's stunning developments in color photography, vision d'art, photographic stills tinted with natural color, roses 12 feet in diameter, delicately shaded, finely modeled, so subtle and elegant. Outside, American dancer Loie Fuller, pioneer of improvisation, performed her serpentine moves in her booth, Rejected by the Paris Opera, 
she was appearing as a curiosity at the fair, her colored drapery eerily lit and making her look, as someone remarked in passing, like a human bat. The Gidachette made great claims. The fair shows the ascent of progress step by step, from the stagecoach to the express train, the messenger to the wireless and the telephone, lithography to the X-ray, from the first studies of carbon in the bowels of the earth to the advent of the airplane. It is the exhibition of the great century, which opens a new era in the history of humanity. Entire streets had been transformed into simulated colonial dwellings. Pavilions from across the world exhibited national products, electric lights, hot air balloons, experimental flying machines, and arts and crafts. High, in an insignificant corner of the Spanish pavilion, hung Picasso's last moments. <laughs>